And I can put you in Yes, I am. Thank you, Flip. What's going on? What's going on? Thank y'all for tuning in to the BHLC podcast tonight here at the 21st Germantown. The one and only the Big Ed Light Skin Comedian. That's right. Got a great show for y'all tonight, as usual. It's the second Saturday of the month. I got to go up a couple things before I bring my guests in. Uh, first and foremost, tonight's show is sponsored by the 21st Borough Room here down at 1481 South Shelby in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they have a, they got something going on down here tonight. It's uh, hold on, let me go over there real quick. So if y'all wanna uh, come down here and support what they're doing, they got a fist of riffs, which is metal, metal indoors uh, type of music, uh, and fist of riffs. And tonight they got, and it's twenty dollars at the door. They got the skull, speed dealer, drugs, storm tokers, uh, black water station, music, and SHC. So uh, they about ready to start with that. So y'all come down here and check that out. And it's $20 door. It's a metal war to a fist of riffs right here at the 21st Borough Room. Um, with that said, too, also, too, um, it's, been, it's been my pleasure to do other people's podcasts and give them love because people give me so much love. So uh, I've been doing MOOC in the morning on Instagram on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays every now and then. I'm not on there every day, but most of the time I'm on there. You can say every day, but <laughs> uh, on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, it's at nine o'clock on Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Instagram. Uh, make sure you put in MOOC in the morning and go follow that. And you'll hear a lot of good things on MOOC in the morning in the podcast. We have a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of different topics. So make sure you support MOOC in the morning and support the Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. Also, too, I'm just going to touch a little bit on this because we're going to talk about this probably. I'm going to probably talk about this with my guests. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, I got, I got the green BHLC podcast episode 33, green representing Mental Health Awareness Month. This right, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. If you need help, follows with some some mental things. Don't be scared to call certain numbers for, to, to get their mental help. Uh, there are a lot of people I heard sometimes walk around need mental help and just scared to get the help. So, and some people just don't want the help. But please get help or help somebody else because you really can be saving them a whole lot of things mentally. Where they can get, get themselves together mentally and be, and be better with inside themselves. Um, also, too, my other sponsor is the Pre Father's Day Comedy Showcase right here at the 21st Borough Room, June 17th, day before Father's Day, on a Saturday, 8 o'clock. Uh, it's a PHLC production. It's my, it's my show, it's my production. But uh, I got host Jai Chandler as my host, Jay Chandler as my host. Uh, I got Kenny Never Been Skinny. I got um, Sheesh the Comedian. I got Sporty T, the one and only OG Sporty T. I got, uh, who else I got on this show? Uh, P.I. Davis Joe. And uh, I just got a lot of funny comedians, about six comedians and, and a host. So come down here and check it out. Pre-Father's Day, bring your king out to enjoy some stand-up live comedy. That's what you do for the Father's Day gift. Just don't keep telling that king to go cut the grass and make sure you let the seat down with me. Break them out for some comedy so you can enjoy itself. All right. Now, let me get to my, my guest here tonight. Real good friend of mine. We've been knowing each other a long time. He's doing he's doing things, uh, a lot of big things. And, uh, I'm just happy to have him on my podcast. We've been missing our timing with getting on my podcast. He's been busy, and I've been busy with some things. But we worked it out, and he's here on my podcast tonight. I want you to give him a big BHLC podcast welcome. I give my good friend, the one and only Jerry, Paulie, welcome to the podcast. Come on, man. What's up, Jerry? What's going on, man? <laughs> it's been a long on? time. Yeah, it's been a while, ain't it? Yeah, it's it good seeing been. your face, man. Uh, man so been, I'm, I didn't really tell uh, him a little bit because I didn't, I didn't want to go over your resume. I didn't, I didn't have a big, big long script here, so I'd let you do that. <laughs> but uh, just tell the people a little. I always start off my my podcast where. I like to know who they're talking to and your resume and everything, what you do and what you do out there as far as what you're doing. So for the people. So just let them know a little bit about yourself before we get started here. Well, you and I go back about almost 20 years. 
and uh, it yep. sure don't seem like that long, but it has been. So we were doing stand-up comedy together back in the day, all the all the major clubs around town, and then the the smaller clubs and the bars and stuff like that. So that's how we got to know each other. And then right. about seven years ago, I decided after about fifteen years of stand-up comedy that that okay. was enough for me. Uh, you know, I loved I loved the comedy part. I loved being on stage. Right. I hated all the behind the scenes stuff that nobody. I mean, how many times we do a show and somebody be like, "Oh man, you made X amount of dollars for being on stage for thirty minutes?" Or it's like, I wish that's all it was. People didn't know. You know, we had to sell our own tickets. We had to we had to go to all these different venues and try to set up these shows only to have people pretty much say, well, why would we, we bring in music? We're not gonna bring in comedians. You know, I was, you know, I was one of the first ones actually in town to go to all these bars and start setting up open mics and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm glad to see a lot of people do it now and, you know, places like uh, 21st and, and Germantown, you know, they're, they're doing good. You know, of course uh, the Bardstown was doing it and a bunch of other places, but you know, we, you know, we, we had to set these shows up and then we had to get other comedians and make sure that they actually showed up. And then we had to sell all of our tickets. And yeah, it was a lot of uh, about 40 hours that probably went into every show we did. Right. Know, people yeah. didn't see that part. So I got tired of that part and I decided. Oh, I- <laughs> nice. So I decided I wanted to do something a little bit different. But yeah. every time i would get out of comedy i would miss it and get back in so i was like i gotta find something different to do and uh what i decided to do was go ahead and start a podcast i heard some podcasts and i thought you know what i could probably do something like that and i heard a paranormal podcast right and i said you know i didn't know those things existed and this like i said this was seven years ago and yeah. I decided, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. I got a friend of mine together. And, uh-huh. and I said, you know, I think we can do this. But I don't know if it'll ever make money. I don't know if we can make money off this thing. Right. And I, I started the podcast with a friend of mine named Ricky. Woo-hoo! We, <laughs> we did Woo-hoo! it. I'm just trying because they got this metal band playing in the background. I'm trying to get them close this door so so people can hear you in my pocket. No, I got you. I completely That's understand. All. And uh, matter of fact, hey, Ariel, Ariel, <laughs> can you shut that door for me? Because it's too loud. Yeah, please keep the door. So thank you. She's got it for me. So, but yeah, and in front of you saying everything you're talking about is so real because, simple fact, uh, it's like I always put different type of pictures on my, my podcast flags. And I don't know if you know this, it was about, a, I think it was last month, a month before last, I put a picture of me, you and your wife, Stress, Calvin, I can't think of the rest of the comedians, a couple other comedians, and we had just got through doing comedy at the Improv on 4th Street Live when it first came. Yep, I think Shannon I Miller it, was in that picture. My, yeah, and uh, I put it as one of my podcast flyers about a month or two, it might have been last month, I ain't sure, but... Um, it just because you know, like you said, we've been doing this stand up so long, and and, and uh, I'm, I'm like you, a lot of people just don't know what goes on behind the scenes, like just the behind the scenes stuff. And sometimes you'd be like, Oh my god, you know. So now I'm really behind the scenes because I'm just I'm just got my entertainment, my production, and especially with this podcast and putting on shows. So and uh, I'm really behind the scenes, which, which is good and bad, but I always want to. Uh, make sure everything's all right with my shows. I, sure, I got to make sure everybody's straight across the board. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of light skin work. But I got to keep pushing because people are loving my shows. They love to come to support. And I know people in today's time with everything that's going on, they just want to have a good time and laugh and laugh and come out where it ain't too expensive and have a good time, you know. And that's what I, that's what I put out there for them. That's, what, that's the platform I put out there for them so they can come out have a good time here at the 21st Borough Room. Uh, on when I do these shows, like I said, I got the next show June 17th here at uh, 21st Borough Room. But I love putting them putting them together and, and getting the comedians and I love all my comedians love doing it because uh, they have to. Now I will say this for, for what it's worth, they sell their own tickets and that and that's great. It's kind of like what we used to do back in the days sometimes. So, mm-hmm. but I tell comedians if you do my show, you have to be sell tickets. If not, I'm not gonna. It's not the show for you, and I'm not mad. Exactly. At it. I really ain't, I ain't mad at it. It just ain't the show for you. So. But uh, just want to, like I said, 
trying to keep a lot of local comedians as well, comedians out of town to do my show. Keep them busy, keep them working, and letting people see them and stuff. So, yeah. And uh, I just enjoy doing it. Like I said, I know we got a lot of history together from doing shows together. So, but um, with that said, too, how are you saying something about your pod? You got a podcast you do, too, right? Yeah, that's actually how we make a living now. My wife and I have been doing nothing but this podcast for three years now, a little over three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, and I started this podcast in 2020. This has been going two years strong. So uh, I just, I really enjoy doing it, you know, so, and just giving out information to people and so they, you know, can know different things that's going on and stuff. So, but let me um, go into this here because I want to just uh, talk about a couple of things here and get started here. Uh, what do I have down here? Okay. Uh, knowing that everything that's going on out here in the world, here's one. Uh, I tell you about time. There's a generation difference, as far as, and we kind of talked about that just now with stand up. There's, there's, gen- there's a generation difference. Generation today versus generation 20, 30 years ago is totally different. And whether it's stand up or just raising your kids or whatever, you know, and I tell people it's, it's hard. Now, I will say generations different, but I, I put my face. I'm saying this. Generations are different, but as parents, we we haven't changed. But some of us, some of us have because we're not as hard as our kids as we should be, you know, and that makes us as punk parents like Bernie Mac said. So. We have to we have to just still install that toughness in our kids now that even though the generations are different, you know, especially with technology and everything. And um, I love my kids, but they just I raise them differently. I still I raise them the way my father did, but I raise them differently with some principles of today included in the mix and both raising, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. and we, you have to do that because generations are different, especially with technology, is what we're doing right now with this podcast. So but um you can elaborate a little bit on the gen- the generation difference of today versus 20, 30 years ago, it's a big difference. I, I agree with you that I think it does make a difference in the in the what we see in society today. For example, you know, we're roughly the same age, I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and you know, I, I'd be willing to bet that you grew up the same way I did, getting mm-hmm. your ass beat every time you didn't do something the right way. I mean, whippings were just something that was handed out, you know. And, and that was a common thing. You know, my grandma would, you know, make me go cut a switch off our tree, you know, go cut that switch off the tree and then beat me with that switch. And I remember right. one summer we were so bad, we didn't even have shade. You know, that's, that's how bad I was. <laughs> right. You know, and then, you know, as I got older, you know, I spanked my kids, but probably not to the level that I got spanked. You know, right. it was changing a little bit. And now, Oh. You don't even dare even touch a kid because no, they'll be no. on the phone with CPS. That's and, right. Yeah. And I and I think what that's done, and, and this could be controversial to some, mm-hmm. but I think I think you see a total lack of respect from mm-hmm. teenagers these days. Oh, yeah. Even more than our day. It's always been, you know, every generation's like these teenagers don't, and it probably is a little different for each generation, but now you see fights in school, you know, with uh, kids fighting teachers. Hey, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. Uh, can you close that door back there? Uh, yes, I'm listening. Yeah. But you see you see kids fighting teachers now in school. That didn't used to happen all the time. You know, you see in these kids with school shootings and stuff like that. I know that's a touchy subject. But, the, you know, we could say it's got to do with guns. It's, we could say it's got to do with mental uh, health. But some of it's got to do with just kids. I don't think have been disciplined right in the last twenty years, right? Twenty five years. Yep. So, so they, you know, you send a kid to time out or something like that. I don't think it's got the same effect. But it seems like no kids today have the level of respect that we were brought up to show our elders or or anybody else for that matter. It's just there's just no respect out there, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the way kids are disciplined now. Can I honestly say I look at whipping the same way as I did 30 years ago? No, I don't. I, there is part of me that's like, ah, there's probably got to be a better way than, you know, because it, it does seem, kind of seem barbaric. Right. But at the same time, it worked, Yeah, you know. So I don't know what to do today, but there's definitely a generation difference. And I think it's the way kids are disciplined over yep. the years. It is. And, it, and the thing of it is, is 
the same principles there. It's how you do it. It's not what you do. It's how you do it. Well, I was always told. It's all about how you handle it. Like, they couldn't get the whoopers I got. <laughs> like, I love my father. Death. They, couldn't, they couldn't handle the whoopers I got. But it made me the man I am today. But I, I know how to – I know what helps my – gets my kids focused. You know, sometimes it's a matter of lifting my voice a certain octone or whatever. Y'all don't have to put my hands on. And it is certain different. And a lot of these kids nowadays, they uh, they just different for whatever reason, whether it's the upbringing or the mindset or – I don't know, through cold 2020, they just different. And but they're good kids. Look around, there's a lot of good kids out there. There really is. Yeah, but people would people don't want to say this, but they're softer. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. They're softer. They yeah. get a, they get a they get offended easier, they get their feelings hurt. You right. know, and, and once again, not saying that it was right, but you know, we grew up in an age where you had coaches like Bobby Knight oh, yeah. that would yell and scream and, and this yeah. and that. And you know, there's not as many coaches that yell and scream today. You know, you you right. can't get by with that in the NBA. No, you no. can't get by with that in the nope. NFL no, because it's a different generation that just don't deal with that. Again, I'm not saying that's wrong. Right. I'm just saying that it's different now, and people are a little softer. They get their feelings hurt a little more, yeah. and it's definitely going to come into play in all aspects of life. And a lot, and a lot of them, you know, because I had um I had a young lady on my podcast. Uh, she uh. She was part of she's part of Echo, which is brought in children and help organization. And she was talking about some of the things these kids go through, which they do because a lot of it starts at the home and some don't have that parent there and the parents there or whatever the case may be. I understand there are certain cases where I get that, but some of them do have that problem and why they are the way they are. So I try to be real open minded to that with a lot of these kids. Some kids are approachable. Most kids are approachable and some ain't it just depends. And but I just know that I've always been the type I feel like I talk to a kid. Because it's all about the approach and the communication at all times. When you talk to our kids nowadays, it's just, it's just totally different. That's like my next door neighbor. This happened some years ago. He had a bat, he put a basketball court out there, and he told the kids they could play basketball as long as he was home. Okay, that was part of the deal. Well, I pull up, pull up home one day and got, came in my great going my house. They over playing, but my neighbor's not home. So being a parent that I am, being, being a grown-up that I am, I went over and said something to him. I said, what did he tell you? He said, we couldn't play with him. I said, why are y'all playing? I said, I said, just leave. I said, he'll be here in about another hour till you come back. I said, I know y'all enjoy playing basketball. I get that. I said, you just got to wait another hour or two and you can play. They all, they all they got the ball, they all left. So I get it. It's just all a matter of talking to him, you know, some more than anything. Uh, I want to go into this, too, being that it's – let me see if I can find it here. Uh, being that it's uh, mental health month, Want to talk about that because it's real big. I even uh, I have I have I know people that have they have some, some mental issues, but I tell people you'd be surprised how much a text, a hug, or even a conversation helps a person from going to do something with a different mindset. And uh, you, we really have to uh, really really do better with mental health. There's a lot of uh, ex-military people who have mental problems. You know, and for whatever reason, we got to help them. Some of them won't help, some of them don't need to help them. We got a lot of military people out there with mental health. Uh, this is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I just wanted to put it out there for people. If you have any problem, call a mental health hotline number to get help. And the main thing on this, let me just say this, is don't be scared to get the help. A lot of us think we can get the help, be scared, or feel some type of way about getting help. Like, I might be looked at differently. Don't feel like that. Because especially ever since 2020 and a lot of other things, even before 2020, people was having mental health problems. It's just it's just it's really come to the forefront here recently with a lot of things that's going on in America. So, um, but you can uh, elaborate a little bit more on that. What you, how you feel about their mental health? Well, that's something that, that's something nearer and dear to our heart. You know, I I, I had uh, suffered from depression for years. I had a failed suicide attempt back in 2001. I've okay. even written a book. Um, oh, that's great, man. That that actually tells people, you know, how I overcame and what we've done. I mean, you know, our, our podcast, Love Us, has 22 million downloads. Oh, wow. Day. Man, and, that is awesome. and Yeah, it's, it's a huge amount. So we decided to use that okay. to to help others. And we start off every one of our episodes on, on Sunday night, which is our main episodes. We start off everyone giving out the... Uh, the uh, uh, suicide relief number. Tracy and I, my wife, have given out our personal phone numbers. We actually talk to probably 10 or 12 people each a week that are just listeners 
who mm -hmm. reached out to us. We took wow. our Facebook group about three years ago. It's got uh, 6,000 people in it right now. It's a public, I mean, a private group. Okay. But we turned that completely into a mental health support group. So if oh. you're in that group, and I'll tell anybody, Hillbilly Horror Stories on Facebook. Right. Just say you heard, say you heard me. It's a private group. You know, we there's nine moderators in this group, so nobody right. will ever criticize somebody else. If you got a situation and you just want to say, "Hey, I'm I'm having trouble dealing with something," I promise you, you'll have thirty people at, talking to you about what's going on in a matter of five minutes, and it doesn't matter what time of night it is. We have moderators from all over the world to mm. make sure that no matter what time somebody pops on, they've got right. somebody that can help them. And we have fun. There's funny memes and stuff yeah. like that in there too, but this is a safe place. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's something that, that we, we take a lot of control on. If you look at any of our, um, uh, our pages on social media and stuff, there's always the, uh, the number on there. Our business cards on the back have the suicide help number and some helpful phrases and stuff. So yeah, that's something that we are 100% on board with is trying to kill that stigmatism uh, of, of people just afraid to get help or afraid to reach out. You have yep. to reach out to people, man. It doesn't matter if it's a stranger, it doesn't matter if it's a friend, because right. your mind is a, a screwy thing. It will completely convince you mm -hmm. of something that's completely wrong. Your mind will tell you that you're not wanted, you're not needed. People yeah. would be better off without you. And dude, yeah. that is just BS. It's all yeah. BS. Your mind is is tricking you into thinking these things. Right. You got to get out of your own head in most of these cases. You know, your mind will tell you you're a burden to people. Trust me, you're not. People would rather have you tell them your issues mm -hmm. than to go to your funeral. So, yeah. Yeah, you, you're right, you know, but you right on and I'm glad you, you you put that out there because I'm gonna send people your way too because um, that's big uh, uh, to you, as with that uh, and with a link and everything. Because I tell people, that's why I always tell people, you're a human being first and foremost. That's what we seem to forget. People forget to treat people like human beings. You're a human being first and foremost, and you never know what mindset a person's in. That's why you always have to always try to respect people the best. And if you need help, there's nothing to matter with that. I know people that that disappear to get help. Some don't don't know where to get help, so exactly. it's it's just a matter of you. You have to be really, really want to get the help, you know. And then some people don't want to get the help. I understand that, but and it, really, huh? go ahead. Let me let me touch on this. The new that you know they changed the suicide hotline number a few months okay. back. Right and now it's not, now it's just nine eight eight. So you don't have to to go through off know a number nine eight eight just like the nine one one. I'm glad you put that out there. And that's a crisis helpline. So you don't have to be suicidal. Dude, if you were having a situation to where maybe your wife left you and, and, and you're out of a job right now and you're just struggling trying to figure out how to make ends meet, you can call and somebody will discuss that with you. You don't have to be suicidal. You just have to be struggling with something for, to be you know, able to use that number. So on point because uh, a friend of mine that worked with me at my job, uh, he was going through some things and some things happened to him. I ain't gonna go into details about it, but right. he was going through some personal things, and and he he was crying out for help with by his actions. He was crying out for help, and we all at work was talking about. It. And I told him, I said, I hope he gets the help he need. And I, you know, I told him, I said, I hope he gets the help he need because he just needs some help. It's not a bad thing to need some help. He's going through some personal issues. He just needs some help. And a lot of times, people they try to take all that on by themselves, and, and you're only human. You're gonna take so much mentally. You know, you're only human. Sometimes you need to talk to somebody and I just need to have a hug or just need somebody to talk to. And um, the best thing to do in them cases is to, to reach out to somebody. And so a lot of times you don't even know you're in that circle. You just right. do. You know, you don't even know you're in that circle. So, but I tell people the biggest thing of this is to make sure you reach out to someone. If you don't want to do the 988 thing, call a relative. Call your best friend, somebody, and talk to them because you'd be surprised how much it helps you. And I just, I just really feel like mental health awareness is something we really, really have to take seriously. And, uh, and I, I'll help anybody if they need the help for his mental health. I will, you know, because like you said, so nobody be feeling like less of a human being <clears throat> just because of, of the way they are and, and way, you know, different things. So, no, no, you shouldn't have to feel like that, you know, and uh, it, it's really big. Um, I'm going to move on to something else, but 
I, it's, that's dear to my heart. I'm, and I'm definitely going to send people your way if I know anybody with mental health issues because, you know, at 98 number, I'll even send them, send them your direction where they can talk to a moderator uh, personally uh, more than anything. So, because uh, this is kind of a, uh, well, it's kind of, and it's kind of, and I, I ain't going to say it's related to mental health, but the economy, me and the guy was talking today about how I feel like we're in a recession right now. Honestly, I do. We are. Yeah, we, we are. We're in a recession, but nobody wants to talk about it. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. Uh, but the thing about being in a recession is, personally, as a human being, I tell people, you may have wants, but the most important thing is your needs. You have wants, but the most important thing you need. When I say needs, it's food, shelter, and maybe transportation. Okay? <laughs> them, them are needs. You got to eat. You got to have some type of shelter. Uh, and some transportation, you know, and but a lot of times in, in America, we we have more wants than than our needs, and we go over too much to our wants more than our needs. So I tell people, know the difference, and also if you know we're in a recession, you know, and you have some difficulty with your money, learn how to budget your money, or get somebody to help you to show you how to budget your money. You ain't got to let them know everything the person does, but get somebody to help you. A lot of times we 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 scared to get the help to learn how to budget our money, especially in an economy like it is now, where everything's going up, supply and demand, everything's going up, and they're taking away as things go up, they even taking away less. Like at the grocery store, you used to get a whole lot, they, they raise the prices and take more. That's where we live. But even with they say, you still got to eat. So you have to learn how to just budget your money. You can elaborate a little bit more on the economy though. I'll tell you something that I learned, and this was on budgeting a long time ago. If you have online banking, which everybody does today, right. you know, you can go, if you go to just your account, say for last month, okay, a completed month, it will show you how much money you deposited, and then it'll show you how much money went out. And sometimes you will be surprised on that number that went out, and you'll be like, how in the hell did I spend that money? But you might have already asked before that. I figured, you know, why not have? Why am I having so much trouble saving money? I should have for what I make on my job. I should, and what my bills are, I should have more money. And then you'll find out how much money you spend at restaurants, how much money you spend at the Walmart, how much money you just spend on stuff you don't at the movies. But when you you see those numbers next to each other, what what came in and what went out? That what went out number sometimes will blow your mind. Oh yeah, because. Dude, I've seen, I've had months where we brought in a number that would make some people sick. Right. <laughs> and then I look at what went out and it was close to the same amount. I'm like, how the right. hell did we spend that much money? But right. then when you start breaking it down and looking at everything, but yeah, it, budgeting, I hear Dave Ramsey all the time talk about budget. I learned years ago from Dave Ramsey, who if you if you haven't heard of Dave Ramsey, he runs a very popular talk show on how to save money and how to not get in debt. Well, he talks about putting every dollar that you have, give it a name. So if you know that you're going to make bring home $600 this week from your paycheck, you know, beforehand, take that $600. I got to pay rent. You know, that's this much is going out for rent because rent's still on the first. I'm putting 300 behind each check. So 300 is going for rent and I've got uh, gas that's $40. And then when it's all said and done, you're like, okay, I only got $40 left for like entertainment. The rest mm -hmm. of this stuff goes for bills. And then you don't spend more than $40. Right. And, and if you know where all your money's going, you can see problems beforehand. You can be like, damn, I ain't going to... I'm going to struggle to pay rent this month right. if all I get are six. And you might know, hey, you might have the ability to work some overtime or something on your job. Not everybody's got that ability, but you might say, hey, I need to work some extra hours because I'm going to come up short. But you know that if you budget like that. And that's the easiest way. Make sure every dollar has a name. Right. Because otherwise you'll just spend money, you know, recklessly and you won't even realize where it went and have nothing to show for it. And, and you know, I, I I tell people, you know, with, when it comes to money, you either make the money, and money can make you. At the end of the day, and the money really can make you if you don't make the money, because a lot of times we we spend in a way that just we don't think about. I had a it's too I easy. To a, I mean, we do. We we just don't. We, like you said, you realize how much was going out versus coming in. You see them numbers, like oh my god. 
but it was good. It was a reason for you to look at them numbers. So, so you can say, okay, I need to revert back here a little bit and make sure that's a little balance, you know. So with that said, uh, and I've, I've, I have a friend of mine, and her and her husband, trying to work out some things. Certain, I was telling her what to do as far as on budgeted money, and uh, and she listened to me. And I guess they're doing it now, and it's great. Uh, I just know that, like I guess I've been a big thing about wants and needs. I know I, I can say, hey, I like to have them uh, that, that head over there, uh, a necklace, you know, th- certain things. But do I really need that? What's more important, food or shelter? You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, too, you, you can save more money if you can eating at home versus going out because it costs so much to eat out. That's, you know, that's where that's where most of my money's blown at, to be honest yeah. with you, is eat down. <laughs> it costs a lot, man, to eat, especially if you like to eat seafood like I do, like to eat seafood and Italian food. So I always tell myself, you know, Try not to go out no more than once, twice a week, if that, you know what I'm saying? Because why I go buy all these groceries and we're not sitting at home eating, you know what I'm saying? So I tell, tell my wife, no, we, we're going to stay home more often going out and eat. And, and you see the difference. At the end of the month, you see the difference on the money. You're like, oh, my God. You know, if you one month you went out and ate 20 times, and then one month you only went out and ate twice, you see the difference. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, at, but you, you just have to know the difference between the one, especially in this, in this little recession we're in because, a lot of times you only, I know some people feel it and some don't, but my thing is you only feel it if you're spending crazy money out there when you, which you don't have. If you're always negative or in the red, that's when you feel it. If, you, if you're just smarter, if you're smarter than your money, you'll be fine. But if you let your money get away from you, it can get away from you real quick. And you realize, especially in the days coming, that, oh, I need to slow down here. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm in the red and I think, you know, I could be homeless. So it's people that, that, go to being homeless because of bad spending, you know, so and uh, this economy is and, I, and I'm hoping we get out of it, I don't know how I don't know what the answer is, but I hope we get out of it so uh, people can feel a little bit better about themselves and the situation their financial situation And uh, but it don't hurt to ask somebody that knows how to handle money to get a little help, I'll say that too, can I say with mental health, don't be scared to get help you ain't got to tell them all your personal business but just ask for some help to get your financial situation together you know so because everybody's situation is different financially and that's 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 for sure you know so uh here's one too this is going on big in america and our community violence um <laughs> i'm gonna tell you i did a joke uh i did a show last last week uh here in louisville and uh i did a joke and i was talking about the balance here in louisville and i told him i said the balance is just it just went to a whole nother level. And I know a lot of people say because of cold, but I say it's a lot of things. You can say cold, but it's a lot of things that plays into this this circle, okay? But I say this was where I've never seen a gun kill somebody by itself and nobody behind it. I've never seen a gun just walk up and kill itself. So I still say it's the people. Man, with that said, I, I had a joke where I said, somebody asked me, you know, hey, lovers, do you, you own a gun? You got a gun, don't you? You know, you know it's crazy. You got a gun? I said, no, I ain't got a gun. I said, but my wife do, and she will use it, and she used it on me once. <laughs> so, you know, so I tell people, you know, you, you just have to make, but just because you have a phone don't mean you have to use it. Like I said, people, it's never the gun. So how do you feel about the balance in community in America, these schools and everything? It's crazy, and, and again, I'm going to go back to, I think part of it has to do with the way kids have been disciplined over the last 20 years. It's mm-hmm. definitely giving kids more of a, uh, uh, I guess, an attitude of I'm going to do what I want because there hadn't been as many consequences. I think that's part of it. Um, I, I'm with you. You know, if you go out and look at, uh, I think I saw a stat the other day that said 99% of all violence that's committed with a gun is used with illegal guns. It's not the people. Only one percent of the of the shootings in America are happening by people who legally obtained their guns. So we can put all the rules and regulations on getting guns, but the people, the bad people who end up with them, are going to get them one way or the other. So that's 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 my take on it, and I think you can you combine that. You can. What's up? What's up? That's Ed. Big Ed. I know. Big Ed. <laughs> but you combine that with the way kids have been raised, with the fact that um, I think, especially in the last five, six, seven years, 
I think attitudes have changed across the country where um, I think there's uh, I think there's too many changes mm-hmm. in the uh, criminal system. I think they've tried to be a little lighter on people and it's you see a shooting sometimes or, or a violence, whether it be a, a rape or something like that, you'll find out this person has been arrested 30 times before. And it's, right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, something's not working right with the, with the, the legal system where people are getting out to recreate, uh, do these crimes. Because most of the people that commit violent crimes, it's not their first time. It's repeat offenders. So <laughs> something's got to be done there, but I don't know what the answer is there. The, 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 the jails are already overcrowded. Yep. You know, yep. maybe yep. that maybe they should put quit, put quit putting in people that are, you know, marijuana yep. charges and stuff like that and focus right. on the, the, the real crimes yep. that need to be in there. But um, I don't know, man, it's tough everywhere. It's not, you know, it you is. mentioned Louisville, but it's tough here in Lexington where I live, right. uh, you know, the last three years have all been, uh, higher crimes than the years before. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. So it's a combination of it's a combination of the, the legal system, I think, and, and the way kids have been raised in the last 20 years. They just, there's just not the respect factor there used to be. Man, you, you, you know, some valid, good points, good points. Uh, I don't, I, I tell people on this, on this topic, I tell them, I don't have a solution. And I, if I did, I would put it out there if I had it, but I don't know solution as far as taking the balance in our community and in America with our schools I do say this. I said this one time. I feel like if you got a metal detector at the White House for the people coming to the White House, why can't you have it at our schools? I've always felt like that. I don't care how much money is going on within your states and all that. If our kids are our future, we need to protect them. And I've always said if nothing else, especially in teachers, too, that are, that are teaching our future. We need to have more male detectives in these schools. And I think they're going to start doing it here in Louisville. It's talking about I've always said that. Um, it's going to have to be that way at malls and everything going forward. I mean, if you, if you go to a concert out at the Yum Center, you got to go right. through metal detectors or you go through a ball game. So, I mean, it's going to have to be everywhere. There's as many people coming to probably Jefferson Mall as there is that you know, during the course of a weekend as there is to go to the Yum Center for a concert. Right. And I just I just wish the the government, and they start, they get ready to put some attacks at certain schools here in Louisville, but I don't care how y'all figure it out. Get these taxpayers to, to I mean, y'all take our taxpayers' money and figure it out, government, to get some male detectors in these schools for these kids. Because, you know, should no kid have to be worried going to school whether or not they're going to come home or not to their parents. That's not happening. You know, you got a lot, and, that, and that's this is the type of market we live in, and you know that they worry about now they're gonna come home now because all these mass school shootings at, at, at amusement parks everywhere, you know. So, but I've always said male detectives help. I don't have a solution to it. I don't. But uh, we just just got to be more aware and be more self conscious of everything that's going around us and what you're doing out here uh, on a daily basis and, and, and what's going on. I'm very much aware of every time I step out the door of my surroundings. I tell people because it can happen just that quick, you know, blink of an eye, you know. So you have to really be aware of that. Um, I'm gonna get into this real quick, and then I'm gonna do one thing, close down. This is one of my favorite things I like to talk about here today, gone tomorrow. It's love, life, and money. I tell people I always got plenty of love for somebody, and I always enjoy life, and I don't get too tied up in money because I know I can't take it with me. I still ain't seen it in the graveyard with me. I know I gotta have it while I'm here. I understand <laughs> that, but I don't get too tied up in it. But uh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves, love, life, and money. I call it LLM thing. It's almost just like I call insurance JIC just in case it should happen. So <laughs> uh, how do you feel about that as far as love, life, and money? Dude, I, I am 100% <laughs> on board with this. Because well, I don't know even if you know this or not, but in January, I actually had a heart attack, and I went in uh, to the hospital. I was in there for eight days. Mm-hmm. And at the time they did a procedure on me, which should have been routine, half a percent chance anything could go wrong. And I actually died on the operating table for two, uh, two, two minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had to do CPR on me to bring me back. They had to stop the test. And uh, so they broke about four ribs and broke my sternum. And mm-hmm. I'm literally in the last uh, two or three weeks just starting to regain everything. Uh, from that and um you know when you when you go through a situation like that 
it puts stuff in a little more in perspective because I mean that I literally could not have might not have came out of that hospital under other circumstances. And you know, then you think about where do you leave your family? Where do you leave, you know? Yeah. And uh, you know, my situation is I have life insurance, but I don't have a ton and my medical condition's so bad I can't get more. Right. So, you know, I, I, you know, I'm determined now to try to put my wife in a situation to where if something happens to me and I'll be honest with you, it can happen at any time because the oh, doctors yeah. have told well, the doctors have told me there's nothing they can do. For me. You know, when I asked the doctor at my appointment uh, last week, you know, I was like, hey, you know, is there anything I shouldn't be doing? You know, because I don't want to risk it. And he just looked at me and said, dude, just live your life. That's not really what you want to hear. But at the same time, he's like, you know, he basically was shrugging, saying, yep. you can't control it. You know, it's, you know, my heart's beating. It's it's operating at about 20 to 25 percent of what it should be. And right. there's nothing they can do about it. And it's just going to get worse. So right. I just got to I just got to live life. But, you know, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to accomplish financially to put my wife in a better situation. So, right. yeah, you can't, I can't take it with me, but I can make enough to leave her. And, I understand that. Yeah, and, that, and that. that's what I'm looking at. And that comes out of love. You know, yep. I love my wife more than anything in the world. You know us. We've Finger. been together for I know, I know, 17, yeah. 17, 18, almost 18 years now. Yeah. And, um, and she's the love of my life. She's my soulmate. And right. I honestly don't care if I die. I just, uh, right. that's not something I fear. But I do fear leaving her in a situation that would be, you know, not ideal. And, uh, you know, so that's that's my thought. You know, I, I li I'm going to live every day like it's my last because it very well could be could be for any of us. But I even know even more. It could be for me. You know, right. Yeah. I mean, you and, you know, you hit some good points here because I kind of went through some too here recently, a little medical issue. I'm going to put out what I went through, but. I have my own little medical issues I went through. But I think when you go through that, you know, it's, it's a way of being open, your eyes being open spiritually about yourself as a well-being, back to mental health, about taking care of myself and knowing that everybody don't live forever. But you but you but even though you feel like you do, that you you wake up every day, but everybody don't live forever. But you enjoy every it makes you want to enjoy life even more. Every moment you have a life, when you do go through something medical issue-wise, trying trying to enjoy your life, uh, I tell people all the time: uh, don't put off nothing you can do today for tomorrow, and all that. Do it today, so you can enjoy, it, especially with someone you love, or if you can do somebody for something, some else. Uh, I believe in giving plenty of love. Love causes nothing, and a lot of times we 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 so have so many negative thoughts. You'd be surprised how much love can carry you through a day and help somebody else out. And not that, just yourself. I try to give as much love as I can to people. It's part of my first name, my first first government name. Okay, so, and I do, I really do, you know, because I, I feel like you stay humble, blessings will flow, you know. And at the end of the day, like I said, we're just human beings, and you have to enjoy your life, you know. Uh, our life, our life is, is really shorter than what we think, you know. Uh, I got a friend right now going through some things with his, uh, his father about ready to pass. And I, I called him and talked to him one day, just gave him some encouraging words, you know. We we just we just have to enjoy it. And like you said, like that doctor told you, doctor told you, just keep living your life. And that's all you can do is keep living your life, uh, regardless of the, some of the medical issues you go through. I know a lot of times, it's what really makes me, uh, really, th I tell people, I tell them, that's why every day I wake up, I feel blessed because it just calls our children's hospital in the world. A lot of these kids, they, they don't get to have fun. They only got so long to live, whatever, whatever. And I'm thinking, why am I sitting here mad or disgusted about this or that, my health or whatever money? When some child over there, way younger, young, very young, they ain't had nowhere near the full life I've had. Don't know if they're going to, you know, when they're going to check out of it. I'm like, no, nah, I always tell myself that. So, no. Enjoy your life. Don't be mad about the small stuff because life is too short. It really is. And I tell you, enjoy yourself. You know, I'm always, I try to keep a smile on my face, Jerry, enjoy myself. You know, that. that's just the way I, you know, and I try to give that love and I try to get the call up in the money thing because, like my father always told me, as long as you're doing something busy and it's positive, nothing illegal, make trying to make some money in a positive way, in a good way. And staying busy, you ain't worried about it. You'll be taken care of. It may not be your wants, but it'll be your needs to be taken care of. So that's, that's why I tell people, enjoy life, you know. And that is, a lot of times we take this for granted. Here they've gone tomorrow. 
you know, like I said, whatever you can do today, do it today. Tomorrow is not promised to none of us. I hear a lot of people say, well, I got time to do this. Do you really? <laughs> so, I, you know, I, that's just me. So uh, I'm going to go into this here and then we'll close it out. And this, this is real close to my heart. And I'm kind of glad I got you on here tonight because uh, let me speak in general. It's Mother's Day tomorrow. And I lost my mother. Last year around, uh, see, it was last year, wasn't it, 2020? Last year, September of last year. And uh, hit me hard. And I knew I, I knew she was leaving, Jerry, okay? But the good thing about it, though, I always made sure I got plenty of wisdom and knowledge from her to carry me through everything she taught me. You know, that's why I am the I am the man today, because of her love and her spirit. And I tell anybody, if you got a mother, especially – Every day was Mother's Day to me. Let me just put that out there. Every day was Mother's Day to me. If you got a mother, not just tomorrow being Mother's Day, make every day Mother's Day because they are gold. Now, I've, I've said this too, just because you have a child, I'll make your mother too. Let me put that out there. Because there are some who's not being mother. Same way with your father, my father's day. Just because you have a child, I'll make your father. But my mother was there for me in every way possible, spiritual, financial, everything. I can always go to her. And she in these times and moments, I just needed to talk to her. It was there. So I tell people, if you got that mother, you better embrace it. If you know what I know, because they are they that can't be replaced. It ain't like going to get another loaf of bread. Once the mother's gone, they don't. You know, it can't be replaced. And there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do for my mother. And tomorrow I'm going to go to her grave and pay my respects to her because there is no other woman that can be like my queen. You know, and I thank her for bringing me into this world. And I'm going to see her again one day. I know. And she's looking down on me now, blessing me with this podcast, blessing me as who I am, and me, my wife, and my kids. So, but with that said, what, what, what's your feeling with Mother's Day tomorrow? I lost my mother two weeks before Christmas back in 2005. So it's been, uh, what, 17, 18 years or so now. Okay. It never gets any easier. I'm sure. Um, but do you have time for a very cool story, though, involving my yeah, mom? Yeah, I got time. That's what we did. Come on. This is Mother's Day. I got time. I'm going to share something that not everybody's going to believe, but this totally changed my life, Levis. So when my mom uh, was around the last couple of years, we didn't have the best relationship. It used to be really close. Last couple of years, we didn't have a good relationship. She'd call sometimes, and I'd see it was her and just not pick up the phone that type of thing. Sometimes I'd go over to the house. I'd see my dad. She'd be in the back bedroom. I wouldn't even go back there to say hi. So that's kind of a crappy thing to do. Well, I don't know if you were even a part of this show. You may have been. But back in 2005, there was a little place down on Story Avenue. Hey, Keith. Hey, Keith. Can you shut the door for me? There was a little place down on Story Avenue that they were doing some comedy and music stuff. Okay. And one night, it was the it was the night be- night before the thirteenth. I was doing a comedy show up there, and they were doing music and and comedy mixed. Okay. And I got a call on the way there. It was sold out, but I got a call on the way there saying that my mom had been rushed to the hospital, and they thought it might have been a possible stroke. My dad said, you know what? Go do what you got to do. Me and your sisters are going down there. We will keep you updated. Just get there when you can. So I tried to hurry up and go on, but I was the featured act that night. Wow. So I didn't get to go on until like 1130 that night. This was like the show was supposed to start at eight. So it's like 1130. And I kept going to him saying, dude, I need to kind of get out of here. But I kept calling my dad. Well, eventually they said, you know what? Everything looks to be fine. She's coherent. They don't think it was a stroke now. Okay. Just just come up tomorrow or something. We're, we're good. Okay. They're sending us home. Okay. So I felt cool. okay. Well, when I got up the next morning, I got a call about 7 o'clock saying you need to get to the hospital now. And literally by 10 a.m., my mom was gone. I was holding mm. her hand when she took her last breath. So you oh. can imagine all the feelings that come in about all the times where I kind of ignored her. In right. the last couple of years. Yes. Now we're going to fast forward six months. Okay. 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 Chuck Porter. We all know Chuck no Porter. Chuck. I was doing a show with Chuck. Okay. I had just I had just been doing I'd been doing stand up already for a little bit when that happened. 
But I was doing a show with Chuck out on Miners Lane in the South End at a little place called Red Eyes. Okay. I was talking about, yeah. I was there really early. As oh. I'm in the place getting ready to do this, this little hole in the wall bar. I mean, it had two rooms the bar area and where they did karaoke, and that's where we were doing comedy. <laughs> okay. Fit maybe 30 people. Maybe. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I've been done that before. Now, I have a couple come in. This is probably th two hours before the show. A couple comes in. They're bikers. Okay. Stereotypical bikers. It's the, the guy's white guy. He's about six one, kind of burly. Got the burly beard, all the leather jacket and stuff. And he's with a woman who was kind of rough looking. She, you know, rode hard, put around wet. She she look, definitely looked like a biker type. Not disparaging bikers, I'm saying. But when you think stereotypical, they just look like a normal set of bikers. Right. They don't know who I am. I start okay. talking to them and they, they tell me, you know, they find out I'm a comedian. I said, are you going to be staying for the show? And they're uh, like, no, we didn't know there was a show. We're actually leaving to go to another bar. This is just our first stop. I said, oh, okay, okay. So then we're just talking. Bullshit. Nothing major. They're telling me jokes. I'm telling them jokes. Well, then I go in there and I sit down in that other room, right where the show is going to be, okay? I'm going over my notes, you know, getting my act together. Okay. They come in and sit down. Mm. Well, they're they're across the room, but I felt obligated to go talk to them because you're like, it's almost rude if you don't. Right. So right I get up. I get up. I go sit down. And we're talking about nothing, really. I don't even remember what we're talking about. Love us. Here's what happened. And I swear to God, this is what happened. The guy looks at me and, and he says, hey, your mom just wants you to know everything's okay. Now, they don't know anything about my mom. They don't. I'm wow. thinking I'm, I missed a joke. And, you know, I did that little awkward kind of laugh because, you know, I must have missed something he thought was funny. And the woman reached over and put her hand on my hand. And she says, no, seriously, your mom wants you to know everything's okay. And love us. I'm telling you, I broke down, man. Okay. It's like I, I knew she was. I knew she was there, and then we start talking, and yeah. I'm like, you know, I just feel so so guilty because we didn't have the best relationship, and they're like, you know, yeah, I, we know that, and she wants you to know that everything's fine. You don't have to worry about all that. Put all that stuff behind you, right. and love us. We we had a conversation for five or six minutes on that, okay. and then they got up and left, and I've never seen them again. Mm. I, they knew nothing about me, but somehow, some way, they had rude, messages rude for me on something they couldn't have known. They had no way of knowing anything that my mom was passed or any of that. It was just the strangest thing ever. But that told me that there's an afterlife. And that told me that, that was, I always thought, now I know. And it's changed the way I look at life ever since because I'm not afraid to die. Right, and this but, that was a spirit intervention. That's all it was, a spirit intervention. No, on both sides, you, you didn't know he didn't know you didn't know you. That was strictly a spirit intervention, and it was about you. You were supposed to be at that place at that time, and that guy was supposed to be at that place at that time. That was a spirit intervention, and when spirit intervention happens, there's nothing you can do. You can't stop it. Nobody can stop it. So, but that was beautiful because it lit it lit you up. It, it lit it lift. You know, even though in that moment you was like, well, but it also lifted you up, but everything as far as your relationship with your mother, in that moment just lifted you up, you know, which is a beautiful thing. Mothers, and I call my mother queen. My queen knew how to lift me up. If I, That's one person I could call if I was having a bad day. She knew how to lift me up. And the main thing of it, like I tell people, you know, we come from a woman. So I've always tried to respect the woman. And that queen, she always knew how to lift me up. And that's just what just what she done, me being her son. Um, yeah, I wasn't always the, I mean, I was a good kid, but I wasn't always the best of kids. <laughs> I was a good kid, though, because my I would do anything for my mother. I wasn't that bad of a kid. Yeah, it was times I tested my mother, which I shouldn't have, because uh, I used to be dark-skinned. She knocked it off. I miss why I'm light-skinned now. <laughs> but with this said, everything, I tell people, that's what back to the kids. Everything she done for me, punishments, whoopings, or whatever, I deserved every last one of them. Because it made me who the person I am today, and I wouldn't be be there without it. So, like I said, Mother's Day is truly a big day. Every day is Mother's Day for me. I put it on my page the other day. Me and her having breakfast somewhere. I tell them every day is Mother's Day to me. Enjoy, you know. And a lot of times, you know, now that she's gone in the afterlife or whatever, I feel her spirit 
really, I feel almost even more than me. She's even here because I feel the spirit. And you may feel it too with your mother, I'm sure. And I feel the spirit even more. And it's a beautiful spirit to feel because it keeps me online for my life and my destiny. You know what I'm saying? So embrace your mother if you got one. Embrace it, embrace it, embrace it. It's, there is no, you don't get another mother, you don't get another father. I was my father in 2006, but it's about the mother's tomorrow. The mother's day, make sure you embrace that. Um, I can go on about my queen because I love her just so much. She did so much for me, and I wouldn't be the big air light skin comedian without her. So, and I tell people, you know, a lot of times in life, we, we don't realize that. Our mother is guiding us, even when she ain't around. Even when I was I was in the military, she wasn't around me. I would call and talk to her, but she was guiding me then. Through, you know, even though I couldn't see her face to face. Like I said, now I can't see her face to face. Yeah, she's gone and her body's gone, but her soul and spirit always live in me. So embrace it. If you got a mother, embrace it. And if you don't have a mother, embrace some female that's taking care of you. If it's been a female taking care of you, embrace that. Embrace that because they're queens, you know. Just like you said, you love your wife. Like I love my wife. Love it. so uh with that said man it's just been so great doing this podcast with you i could go on and on but this this metal war thing going on here at 21st germantown <laughs> it's getting a little rock and rollish big ed i think he's in there playing the guitar and on the mic i think about now jerry <laughs> so hey you know you know at 21st we actually did a live show for our podcast out there uh I did, back uh, last month or it was in yeah april we actually sold it out. We sold it out way yeah. in advance. So, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's a cool it's venue. Great. It's a great spot for it. It's a great spot for comedy, great spot for music, great spot for all type of entertainment. It really is. I can't wait to the show next month. Like I said, y'all need to get these $15 advance tickets to the pre-Father's Day comedy show here at 21st Borough, 1481 South Shelby Street here in Louisville, Kentucky. June 17th, 8 o'clock p.m., BHLC production. I got a lot of good comedians. Make sure y'all get them tickets. Um, also, too, um, I want you to put out there um, how people can get in contact with you. Definitely put that mental health thing out there again because people, you know, and that, that ties in with Mother's Day. There's some people that are just going through mental health, don't have their mother. And Mother's Day tomorrow, exactly. they affect them today with their mindset. So, uh, yeah, put that out there if I was with, again, your, your link or whatever, and then have people get in contact with you and what you're doing, too. All you got to do is look up Hillbilly Horror Stories, and you can find it pretty much any podcast app, but we're on. Uh, if you Google us, you'll find where we've been on the news several times talking about our world, worldwide approach. But, uh, yeah, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, best way to reach us. You can send us an email from there, or we're Hillbilly Horror Stories on Facebook. We've got a page and a group, and then if you want some extra support, just go to the group, and then where it asks you the questions, just put you heard about us on the, this podcast, and I'll make sure somebody lets you in. Yeah, and um, send that to me too, your group or whatever, through chat, man. Send it to me so I can put it on my page because I got some followers and people on my page who follow me big time. And uh, especially this, this I'm here on YouTube, my subscribers, and uh, they just they just need to know and there's people out there that needs help right now. And I hope if somebody's looking at this podcast and, and, and then they can get the help they need, you know, because the people need help and don't know where to start. And just they just need they need that help. And, uh, and there's nothing the matter with getting help. Let me say it again. There's nothing the matter with getting help. We all need help at one time or another. It's mental or whatever. There's nothing the matter with getting help. Uh, we're human beings. Things are going to happen. We're not perfect. But we, we just try to live our life to the best we know how as individuals. And with Mother's Day coming tomorrow, like I said, I know some of you don't have any mothers like me, but embrace somebody else's mother if you have to. Hug them or whatever. So. But enjoy the day because it's a beautiful, beautiful day. And every day is Mother's Day to me. Um, with that said, uh, this being the BHLC podcast, I'll be here again um, second Saturday month. I think the next one's June 10th, uh, four days for my birthday. So I'll, be, I'll be 100 years old next month. So I'm trying to wear it well. <laughs> black, black, don't crack. You know, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as you get older, too, I'm sure you felt this, you get older, you you just embrace different things in life and young people can't understand this right now. I'm about to say, but you embrace some of the more small and simple things. Y'all so much are trying to embrace all this other crazy stuff. But as you get old, you embrace the small, simple thing. Cause you realize you may have even wasted some time on certain things and certain people that you shouldn't have along the way of the course of life. And life ain't nothing but a book. I'm in a certain chapter in my book where 
yeah, it's getting near the end, but I'm turning the page to another chapter. And you have to turn to another chapter in your life. Just wait, it's life your number one book. It's all about how you enjoy each chapter of your book of your life. That's what it is, for real. So, um, man, it's been great, man. I don't know where else to go. It's just been great. I'm so glad I had you. I'm going to have to have you back. Yeah, I'm going to have to have you back for sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure we got plenty more we can talk about. Oh, you know we do. We got a whole lot more. And maybe you have your wife with them next one because. Uh, you know, I love her, too. I got much love for her, too. And I was I just don't know. When I put that flower on my page, a picture of us all at the improv, it just really touched me because that's how comedians was back then. We all just love each other, love, love supporting each other and doing and doing stand up, you know, so. It just, I'm not I'm not in the game anymore, Lovis, but uh, everybody tells me it's not what it was 20 years ago. As far yeah. as the camaraderie and stuff. I mean. Yeah, yeah that far as camaraderie, it's not. And I agree with him. It ain't. It is different. And um, but I tell you what, a lot of comedians they they the comedians, whether internet comedians or whatever, social media comedians, whatever, whatever. But it's truly a blessing that I got the comedy one on one, hands on through this. So, because when I take the stage, I know who I am because of what I've been through. You know what I'm saying? And you can't go bad at it. You have to experience it. And you know what I'm talking about. So, but with that said, uh, man, it's been great having you on my podcast. I'm definitely gonna have you back. Uh, BHLC podcast be second Saturday, June, June 10th. Make sure y'all tune in and make sure y'all support Jerry Hill Billy Horror Stories, what he's doing because he's got a lot of good stuff going over. Support his uh his, his, his mental health links. Go to this page, support that if you need that help. Or if you know somebody, turn them to it. So um continues continue supporting this podcast, continue supporting him. I thank y'all for tuning in tonight. I'm the one and only big head light skin comedian. Thank you for tuning into the BHOC podcast. I'll see y'all June 10th. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you being my guest too, Jeremy, as always. Hi, right, brother. Anytime. Okay. You enjoy your night and much love to you and your wife. Thank you, sir. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Stop it.